0: Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt
1: Show! Docking Shirt! Shirt Show! Docking Shirt! Shirt Show! Docking Shirt! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 193 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Navi from Syndicate Screen Print in Maryland. Hi,
0: Doc Show! Happy Valentine's Day, you son of a bitch.
2: boo happy valentine's day yeah we know how important this day is do we (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. we we said i think last time it's bullshit underrated we all decided Mm -hmm. yeah that was the answer right yeah there's your campus ink shirt i have one too um i got mine when i got back in town and I, i love it i haven't had a chance to wear it yet though
0: mine's all broken
2: what about the pants? You get some pants?
0: I don't have pants at all.
2: They had, he didn't send you pants?
0: No, I don't have pants on in general.
2: <laughs> you never do, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he what, send what am, me
0: pants? I don't wear them. What am I,
2: what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, I So I saw that you were drinking some muscle milk. What do you think? I What's your honest? <laughs> I fucking hate
0: the name. Like I'm so embarrassed by just like the <laughs> name. I almost want to tape it off.
2: Okay, so they have other brands that are just, just (laughs) called like Premier or... Premier's way better uh, than Muscle Milk. So, but okay, forget the name. Just Mm -hmm. give a true, honest review of what you think of it. How does it taste? And have you noticed, you said you had it twice in a row. So two, is it the only thing you have for lunch or is it just Mm -hmm. with lunch?
0: No, the only thing.
2: Really? Okay, so what do you think?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... It's okay. Like, I don't mm. love the taste of it. It's okay. Like, it's like a... I don't know. It's like a metallic-y tasting chocolate milk.
2: Metallic? No. No.
0: It's not... No. There's no milk in it. It's not fucking um, chocolate pretty milk. It's much.
2: Like, yeah, it's like, pretty it's much. Yeah, pretty much.
0: It's like chemical juice. <laughs> it's called muscle milk.
2: That's mm-hmm. how they have... <laughs> it's called... Milk is in the name. That's Who's how they milking make... milking their muscles? They make it from... um um the protein comes from dairy
0: some guy named dairy um,
2: <laughs> forget it <laughs> I just whatever it's I can't even uh as you know I'm um debating hey, yeah. is like no get it like today's you know? not a good day <laughs> for, for, today's not a good day to like argue about stuff right let's just whatever you're on, so you're on a losing so, streak yeah you're right um No, no.
0: What I'm saying is what I'm saying is Andy reached out to me and said, Hey, like, I've been drinking these for a long time. You should try it because what I, what I wanted to do was I was thinking of fasting and I was thinking of doing whatever it is like eight at night till lunch basically. Mm. But the problem for me is, is like breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Like if I had to skip any meal, it would breakfast is my number one. Like I, I don't want to skip it. You can't have breakfast for lunch.
2: Wait, so wait, you, you mean what's called brunch? So like, you, you mean you yeah, you like I breakfast know. because you it's your favorite meal because it's like you're it's filling and you just like eating breakfast, or is it just the flavors like the options like eggs yeah, the and, options, toast and all? yeah? Well, just far, do that. At, do it at lunch. I can't do breakfast at work. <laughs> you said you can't. I mean, it's possible, but yeah, totally possible. <clears throat>
0: I'm just saying, right. like, I I like breakfast. So anyway, yeah my other option was and i'm really not ever like super hungry for lunch and if anything like lunch is my like i guess i'll eat or i'll have a chicken salad or i'll you know whatever like i'll just grab something around town like i'd Mm -hmm. rather not like i'd rather just be like oh i'm having a protein shake or cachava or something which is another protein thing um And it's been good, like the last couple of days, it's been good doing that. So I think I'm just going to stick with that, like do breakfast and dinner and then skip lunch, but Mm -hmm. maybe have something that's somewhat filling.
2: Yeah. So what's great about muscle milk or any protein shake that's like that, the pre-ready protein shake, you can also take powder and make your own and everything, but just the ready, you just open the cap and drink it. What's nice about it is that it provides lots of protein. So I think it's like 25 grams or whatever. And then it provides uh, one gram of sugar. So it's very low in sugar because you don't want, if you're consuming that sugar, then you're going to crash like an early to be starving.
0: The muscle milk one says no sugar added or whatever. So.
2: Okay. Well, then even if it's one or less than one, that's good. There's some natural sugar probably in it, but it's very low.
0: We're getting super into this. Um, yeah. did you do the math to figure out like how much protein you should have a day? Like you personally?
2: I did. Um, and I can't remember where it's at. Is it a hundred? Mine's a hundred and nine, about... mine's 189. What is that? Just based on height, weight, age. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 181,
0: 100, 189,
2: 189 grams. grams of protein a day. Yeah. Okay. So you know, like you, how much is like, do you have eggs this morning? Yeah. Okay, so look how...
0: I mean, I haven't done the math from like my daily whatever, but...
2: How much protein...
0: This is a riveting conversation.
2: In... In an egg. Six. So how many eggs did you have? Two. Well, you need uh, to get 189. Let's see, you're gonna have to have how many eggs? 189 divided by six. You need 31 eggs. So you just like at Costco, no they have, they have the, you can buy them in 24 yeah. packs of the. I'll just
0: hard boil them and just fucking down them all day long. <laughs> Every day.
2: Yeah. Well, this is why you need to have a protein shake is because you knock off 25 and then you only have to have maybe an even two dozen eggs.
0: Another 150 grams.
2: Yeah, you're fine. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They're delicious. You said it's your yeah. favorite fucking meal. So just, mm-hmm. there you go.
0: Me and my son have haircut appointments after work. And then my daughter's like, can we go to Olive Garden for dinner? And I was just like, (laughs) oh, my God.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, as long as you just get the breadsticks, of course, then.
0: I don't even like the breadsticks,
2: to be honest. Well, I haven't been in so long. I don't know. But they used to be good. It's just like so garlicky, salty, like burns my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, but I don't know what they are anymore. I I probably would hate it now. It probably tastes... I'm
0: going to get so much shade. I'm going to get so much hate for saying I don't like Olive Garden's breadsticks.
2: I don't know. I think it's okay. We're going to... So it's Valentine's Day today. Yeah. And we have reservations on the hill, which is like a Little Italy in St. Louis uh, at this pizza place. And so we're going to have just like a pizza. Yeah. I think it's called Pizza de Giorno. Nice. DiGiorno. pizza DiGiorno.
0: It's self crust. So <laughs>
2: yeah. Perfect. Um. So yeah, we're going there, and um. But beforehand, it's beautiful here. It's a like a, it's going to be sixty, like a high of sixty-one or something. And so we're going to go for a walk. hmm Get some pizza, you know.
0: Really, I've real been fancy. doing great with my walking lately. Uh. But today I got up and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk. I got my coat, my gloves, whatever. It's cold as shit here. Like we we're supposed to get all this snow and it kind of missed us, but it's snowing a little bit right now. But I got to the lake this morning, got on my car and it was like 20 degrees and the wind was like whipping hard. Like, ooh, ooh. like you could see everything in the air basically like going sideways. And I was like, yeah, I'm not walking. Did you get today. back in the car? <laughs> I got back in the car, it to work. <laughs> Oh well, I don't mind like walking when it's cold. It's just the when the wind is that crazy like as soon yeah. as I get down to the water, it's like ten times worse, yeah, so ruined it If I just wanted to fight the wind the entire time, it would be uh
2: well, to do I know this might be impossible because you know you you get your kids or whatever or, or work, but if you were to walk in the afternoon it's generally warmer because the sun comes up you know
0: i mean i'm doing this podcast but if i wasn't doing this i would have walked at lunch today
2: oh okay and it's warmer then maybe
0: yeah it'd be a little bit warmer like but i also like night walks too Mm -hmm. so i'll try one tonight if i can't but i'll be good i'll be fine i'll get my steps in don't worry
2: okay okay okay
0: how did your uh your other day go there with the hot hot market print
2: oh okay so Yeah, we it was a success. So we've done hot market three times. First time was a bust. Tom Brady ruined it for us. We um, the the Chiefs lost to the Buccaneers. I think it was like 2019. I don't know when it was. First time was a bust. And we're like, this sucks. Um, A lot of people asked me what happens if they like what would happen if they didn't win? is it just a total loss or are you compensated and we are so they there's like a rate sheet and you're paid for load in uh set up tear down load out type of thing like some basic covers your basic costs right yeah and so that's what happened the very first time we tried um the second time was last year and the chiefs won of course and we printed what I thought was too many, because we went until like the sun came up, it was like six or seven in the morning. And, and we talked about this before, there was like no smiles on any faces after like mm-hmm. 3 a.m. Everybody was like, they just want to go home. And so this year we are like, we want to do half of that amount. We want to be home by three. And so that's what we said, that's what we did. In fact, we got home a little earlier than that. And it was great. And here's why, here's why. So. It spins the presses in a slow month. It's fun. It creates memories. It, it, um, it's good you were on for the news. morale. We made the news, the freaking news. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's good. Like, I think overall it's, you know, like if you can just do a limited amount and go home at like 2am, that's just basically like a half day's worth of work because you have to remember it's you know half day's worth of work when you're going at two in the morning and going overnight or whatever it feels like a full day you know like it's a lot because you get tired yeah. <laughs> you know and um you're already tired by when you start it's like 10 o'clock that's like bedtime dylan it's 10 the only p.m. thing that
0: sucks the only thing that sucks about this and you don't have to do this but you were smart to do it is just like not working the next day but like right. you lost all of monday's production basically because you worked at night on sunday
2: which is fine because this time of year, we just squeezed it all into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so, you know, put it into right. four days. Yeah, yeah. This time of year, it, it wouldn't work. It, it, we'd make it work, but it would be more difficult, Uh, you know, if we were busier, but right now, do
0: they, it's good. Do they pay up front or is it something you have to wait like 60 days to get paid?
2: No, it's not 60 days, it's less than that, but it, it's terms. And so you have to be okay mm-hmm. with that also, you know, it is like um the nice thing is, is they're supplying
0: it, the shirts it's not like you're fronting the cost of the blanks
2: yeah like we didn't front the cost of anything i guess but ink you know and some labor time yeah yeah time so i mean it's fine um like i said it's good it's a good experience It's so there's some memory like mm-hmm. i'll never forget it i'll never forget right it's different you know it's just really different than the your design, normal production the design
0: looks simpler this year than last year
2: it was easier and they you know, it's their design and it's their saps. Like we don't have any say on what's under based or anything like that. It's right. like, Hey, here is, here are our separations and use this underbase. use this, you know, like we don't have to, we don't make any decisions because it matches their shirt and the other shirts that are big printed. Right. So it's just whatever you tell us, we'll do it, you know? And mm. so, um, yeah, like it's, so I think overall, if anyone is considering it, it's a thumbs up just make sure you don't take on too much because you think you get excited and you're like, yeah, I'm going to print, you know, 20 K and it's, that's a mistake because it's <laughs> way harder. Well, you have I mean, to do it that night. You have to do it. Yeah. You start right then. I, I suppose you can do 20 K if you have 10 autos, that's different. You know, I'm. we just ran two autos. We didn't even turn on our third. We just ran two autos because, well, here's why. One of the reasons is that the boxes at the, at the end of the dryer go six, 12, 12, six. So six, I know you're shaking your head. Six small, twelve medium, twelve large, twelve extra large.
0: Yeah. That's what turns and me off more than anything.
2: Well, if you so here's what we did on, on on one press, we ran smalls mediums. On the other press, we ran large, extra large. It's, and then it comes down the dryer really easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like
0: I, mean, if, I get it. If you got your shit together, it's fine. It just mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like there's too much like when we looked into it for the bills. It was like, uh, well, a the price sucked, and then mm-hmm. we've told we've told the story before, where basically me and you said that we were gonna, because I had the bills and you had Kansas City, because mm-hmm. they were gonna they were against each other, and then uh, we were like, oh, we're gonna ask for this pay rate, or whatever, and then mm-hmm. we we're like, no, we're not gonna do it, and then you did it anyway. Um, you always tell the story like that, and it's <laughs> that's not how it went down,
2: but it's close. But anyway, not, but anyway, <laughs> I always get um, like. Painted to be like the super asshole, no matter what. Whether you're telling the story hey, or in the that's in my the,
0: whole that's my whole life. So this is the only chance I get. Okay. So anyway, right, it's
2: fine. It's which fine. we
0: learned, i obviously, we learned that it doesn't matter because you're the favorite regardless.
2: Um, they just say that, and they mm-hmm. uh, probably thought I was you or Andy.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's how it goes. Um, that's how it goes. So. So yeah, they went through the list and the pricing, whatever, and I was like, eh. But mm-hmm. then they were like, Yeah, every shirt needs the like holographic sticker and it needs to be the boxes need to be a certain way, and there needs to be a certain count per box, not like a box of larges, a box of extra larges, whatever. You I do that say.
2: every day. So what? Like yeah. You count your ship before you put it in a box now.
0: Yeah, but I'm doing like a case of larges and a case of extra larges. I'm Something, not doing no, small, medium, no, large, no, extra large no, per you're box.
2: Not. Yes, you are. A lot of times. Sure you are. You're telling me that you don't get yeah, for order one per, order per box. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm not I'm doing just, six thousand shirts where I'm separating where, every box
0: into four sizes.
2: Here's where I make the mistake. And here's where I made the mistake this morning. And here's where I'm not gonna make the, the mistake <laughs> now. Dylan, that's you're doing a great job. Yeah. Thanks. That's Thanks, your, bud. I, I I feel that. Okay, so go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> What were you
0: saying? I love this so much. In the text group earlier, when you were like no. "fuck it," I was like, "I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I'm so happy that this is happening right now."
2: <laughs> oh, life is so funny. It's so it's so. I, funny. Could,
0: I could feel I could feel the rage in your text, and it was no just, rage. Was so good.
2: There was no rage. It was just like, okay, whatever.
0: No, I, exactly because exactly what you just did. Like, you're. I bet you're at home, and you're like, "fuck it."
2: I was here. I was here at my shop, at the shop, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "This is too much effort. I just want to be happier, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry." Oh, fuck um, it. I'm done for
0: the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so I'm good. Sure,
2: yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm glad, well, I'm glad that makes you happy. I'm I'm it glad does. that my suffering.
0: It made me. It made me eternally made happy.
2: Great, great, great. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so. Makes me, makes me feel good and I made you feel good. So before I get to this, uh, we have, we have, a we, couple have things. Uh, we have a couple things and that is we have a spring break happening April 18th and 19th at MNR in Roselle, Illinois, camp number two. Yep. And so last year we did
0: shirt show summer camp which we want to do one again, but we can't call it summer camp in April. So we're calling it spring break and it's going to be on white Mm -hmm. ink again. And it's Mm going to be, it's the foundation of all your prints, the best come learn this shit. It's all from the top people we would ever want to pick for teaching you all these things, the five stations and the five truths and all these things. Um, It's not a beginner's class. It's like, it's for everybody, but it's, definitely great knowledge it's not going to be like bullshit stupid information and we're just trying to have a thing to have a thing like these are foundational things that every printer should know
2: and so. like every spring break there will be a beach there will be what t-shirt contests there will be definitely um,
0: well we debated this i said uh, white boxer contests
2: <laughs> well both we're gonna have both what what t shirts. t-shirt and
0: whatever you feel comfortable in, like this is a consent only mm-hmm. option.
2: And so yeah, it's gonna be wild. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls gone wild. Mm-hmm. And tickets go on sale. We we said we made the mistake last week to say it would be today, but the new date is March first, Friday, March first. Get your tickets. Okay. Yes. Um here's the thing: my phone started ringing and it was Frank. And I answered and I'm like, thank God, like a normal, nice, you know, person. And he said, Hey, I'm not, not that normal. Not really that nice either, (laughs) but he is. No, he is, he's, we know he's a great guy, but I talked to him this morning and he, uh, he has shoulder surgery um, in a few days. And so we're gonna wish him the best. Yes. And um, for a speedy recovery, he's, you know, he has a bad tendon. We and love your buddy, get better. Yes. And so we are wishing him a speedy recovery and anything he needs, we're going to be there. He's okay. going to be in Chicago at our spring break. Oh, yeah. That's for sure.
0: That's worth a ticket oh. alone.
2: Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs>
0: Dude, you almost ruined that sticky, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, I got a little excited. Um it all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, f
0: rankcom or greatfuckingscreens.com.
2: Cleaning screens is no fun, but Easyway makes it way more funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. Easyway.
0: It's the easiest way.
2: Do you know our friend Nicholas Wood is on another podcast called Ink Pod? And he tells his life story.
0: It's worth listening to. It's it's got to be exciting.
2: Yeah, Makes like the it's, man. He totally is. He's a natural <clears throat> too. Like
0: on Nick's, like a guy like a hundred and two hundred years from now, they're gonna t- they're gonna have all these like myths and legends about this, you know, infamous mm-hmm. Nick Wood character. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way this was a real human being, but you find oh, out it he is. is. He's
2: real. And Nick, we wish you a happy Valentine's Day. and We miss you Mm -hmm. and we love you. Graphics is the source for production-ready digital art and remote art staffing. Go to GraphicsSource.com to learn more about what they offer and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your dreams. Your dreams. That's true. And this, you know, the business a lot of times is someone's dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Well put.
1: Thanks, babe.
0: Mm. Yeah. Check, check. Yeah, I like you. wish you were my Valentine today. Be where
1: you need
2: to of in. <laughs> Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, <laughs> and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on the IG at the Emulsion Guru and get the answers you need. Uh, if you're not using DTF or screen print transfers in your shop, you're doing it way, way, way wrong. We have partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. So check them out at howardct.org. Or, mm-hmm. or com if you're really trying to find them. It's probably better. Right. Mm-hmm. Use that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it. We're we're here. A couple He's things here.
0: before we get into that real quick. Yes. One, yes. we have not done this in a while. So, you know. We don't ask for a lot, it's just us. We give you our time. If you could all possible, share us on Instagram that you watch the show and your stories or whatever, or go to YouTube and give us a thumbs up or leave us a comment or a little tasty something or a review or Mm -hmm. something. Just let us know that you're listening and you care and what you think or on YouTube say, hey, you guys are a bunch of fucking morons and the show is stupid
2: that kind of stuff warms our heart
0: yeah it just lets us know we're doing the right thing you know mm-hmm. like
2: yeah this show is free the only price you got to pay is a like or a share so or you're a,
0: seeing this right now and you're watching us on youtube we're looking right at you like <laughs> fucking hit the thumbs up that would be great it would or, be or you know you're listening on spotify or apple mm-hmm. like just uh mm-hmm. you know do a little screen share and screenshot and Share it with your buddies on Instagram. That'd be great.
2: So let's, let's pause right now to give them time to do that. Ready? Right. Yeah, right now. All right.
0: Also real quick, before you do this, I'm going to do one more. Okay. And I haven't made a post about it yet, but we are in talks of doing, and we're going to try it out and see how it goes. But we're going to do Sunday night live. Oh yeah. Me and Andy go live on Instagram on Sunday nights.
2: Well, this will be out after
0: Right. Um, So this will be the Monday after the first one, but for the future, we're going to try to keep doing these where we're going to get on and we're going to just talk about our week for like a half hour. We're going to be there where you can ask us questions live and we might bring in old guests or current people or whatever just to shoot the shit for like a half an hour or so. So keep an eye out for that if you want to uh, hang out with us live.
2: It's just going to basically be Dylan and I laying in bed. Yeah. Separate beds.
0: No and shirts.
2: Yeah, just like talking about our week. Free the nipple. And, and it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Who we got today, bud? D, today we are talking shop with Navid from Syndicate Screenprint in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, you got it right. Testing you on your cities and states. You're it's, smart. A, it's a hard one, <laughs> well I mean it, it, yeah it is it is
0: mm-hmm. what's up, dude? Hey, how you
1: doing? you sound sounds so good well
0: so, it's so
1: clear. <laughs> I'm glad I kind of got the shop quiet right now, so I'd good anticipating this, so I'm glad <laughs> perfect. Where are you in your in your office so it looks like you're in the art room maybe yeah. uh both actually uh the, the shop layout's actually just one large room so this is just one corner of it um <laughs> so yeah if it's the uh,
2: open concept yeah yeah right. exactly
1: yeah exactly right.
0: you want to be able to see whatever what's going on all over the place yeah that's uh i mean down to the screen
1: room and everything just one one big room <laughs> perfect
0: yeah so what's going on man
1: how's uh how's your week going so far it's, uh, it's going, um, it's been a little, it, things are starting to pick back up, which is awesome. Uh, we just got a new press and working out some gremlins on that, uh, tech's coming down tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully that'll be fully functional. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of getting acclimated with the new press, having more, more colors to work with, um, more platin's uh, so it's been a little bit of a change, but it's been a, a good adjustment. Mm-hmm.
2: So you said the tech is coming in soon. Did Did you install it at first? Like you yourself put it all together or did you have somebody no. assembling
1: <laughs> No, no. So I had a a guy from, he used to work at MNR actually. So um, he's very, you know, uh, basically like one of their techs that is freelancing essentially, mm-hmm. um, so. He came down. It took like four days to set it up, um, which was good because like he was very meticulous about everything. Um, we were up and running, like cranked out you know a couple thousand that first week, uh, high color count jobs uh, was just crushing it, and then came in. The next week and turned it on and it was like blowing a fuse, and we we're just like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> um, so it, it has some kind of electrical problem with one of the cards down bottom. So we uh troubleshot it, got it back up and running, but two of the heads are not working right now. Um so hopefully by tomorrow afternoon, Friday, we'll be we'll be back up full, full capacity. Were you able to divert that work to other
0: presses or to other things or no, just okay. down, down?
1: No, no, no. We were, we were luckily, we were able to work around it. Um, I mean, the press I had before uh, was only an eight color. So even with the two heads down, I'm still, still. Oh, up. the press, the press still worked. It was just didn't yeah, work yeah. two heads. Yeah, okay. yeah, two of the heads weren't working. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, we were still crushing. Um, and it was great because I, I had called uh, another shop that I used to work at. Um, and kind of got them geared up because we had a rush order for, it's like 1,250 fronts and backs, like multicolored design. And it was for an event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have like two days to do this. So like, you know, um, luckily it all came together. We were up and running, uh, made the deadline, barely, like within like 15 minutes, but made it. And uh, so yeah, it was, <laughs> we were lucky with that. But um, yeah, it did have some contingency plans in, in just in case, because it yeah. was, It was a little dicey. What's your guys' protocol on that? Because that's something like we've
0: struggled with here and there because, I mean, parts are expensive, but you kind of need to have some shit on hand. Andy, do you have a bunch of, like, spare parts for your presses to where you can just grab it and go? Or are you just more – well, you're close to M&R, so you could just – obviously –
2: Well, we're still an an overnight ship, and so you could be down. Um, I think we have some of the basic spare parts, you know, like the easy – prox switch or something like that you know we have some mm-hmm. of those things but we don't have everything you know and so you like you're right shouldn't you have a, a kit of i think we mentioned this actually at the day of ideation up in mnr we said you know or
0: mnr should just have like a, like a extra like a spare parts kit like exactly kit so what car.
2: if so what <laughs> if you did this what if you crunched the data and you said hey here are here's a list of the most well they would know
0: they would know. Like they would it's be like, like, we sell so many of these. Like there's so many.
2: Right. Here, 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 really, here is your, here are your top 10 or whatever it is, top 25 parts that fail. And, you know, we can sell this kit and you'll just always have it so that, you know, we can diagnose it and you can be up and running the same day. The thing is, is like, what does that kit cost? Because some parts are more expensive than others. But then you have to, on the other side, weigh it with like, well, what does it cost to be, you know, down a day? You know what I'm saying? So, like, is it does it cost more? And so we talked about that though. We talked about the kit of whatever of like what would it be, like a, a hero kit or something, some kit mm-hmm. that would just save your ass, you know?
0: They should they should have it. But you know, as soon as you buy that kit and you feel good about it, it's gonna be a part mm-hmm. that's not in that kit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Which is mm-hmm. funny too, because this is a total side note, but it's sitting right here on my on my couch. Uh, me and Christina were having a conversation about this a little while ago where I was, we were talking about those, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those choker, like if someone's choking, you put the thing on your face or someone else's face and you like pull the plunger and it like pulls the thing out of your throat that you're choking on. No. So like Mm -hmm. I, I had one of those in my cart and I also had a fire blanket in my cart. So like if there's a fire here, a fire at my house or whatever, Mm -hmm. like you throw the blanket on, it puts the fire out, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to like freak out or like try to find whatever it is baking powder or whatever it is on it something to put it out you just have it on hand but then you look at the bill for buying something like that like a fire blanket or the choker thing like choker things like a 100 bucks mm-hmm. And you're like oh i don't want to buy that it's a 100 bucks but the truth of it is, in the moment when you're choking or your kids choking you would pay ten thousand dollars to have them not choke and i feel like it's the same thing with like the parts for the press and stuff it's like oh i don't want to buy that three hundred dollar mm-hmm. you know relay or whatever it is but the truth of it is is when you're down and you're like fuck i got like 10 jobs i have to go out today you'd gladly pay that 300
2: dollars for that part you would in his case though that card is probably not common oh yeah to fail it's
1: not something you would yeah. ever want or now, ever how much did it cost do you know like, well also? so i'm I, I you know i got the, the press refurbished from a company um they're they're mm-hmm. great like their support is like top notch um and okay. jersey so like he overnighted parts to me um and then mm-hmm. like, he's always available for like FaceTime and stuff like that. So super lucky with that. Uh, and then he's actually coming down himself tomorrow. Cause like, he was just like, dude, I'll, I'll just come down with some other stuff and, and take care of it. Um. So luckily I'm still under warranty and that's, that's why I got, I got my first press from him. Just um, why I got my second press from him too. Cause awesome. uh, it's like super solid. Like I can't imagine like being somewhere like, you know, remote and it's like you know not having that kind of support is like i'd be you know yeah like maybe down for like two weeks three weeks or something like what do you do in that case or you got to fly someone out there or something like that Mm -hmm. like um so yeah i mean i'm i'm super lucky in that aspect that uh everything like like with the fuses and the cards and stuff you overnighted it because it's i mean it's next day anyway because it's from jersey but uh for us it would be here at like 10 30 in the morning the next morning. So we'd get right on it and, and start swapping stuff in and out. Um so had a little bit of a advantage on that locally. What was your thought process on getting in the new press?
0: Were you just like, this is what I want? Let's see what this guy has, or was it, you know? Uh,
1: <laughs> so I, you know, when I got my first auto, uh it was about two years ago. Um it was a jump from, from manual. Like I had a chameleon six, six that, you know, we just busted on printed hundreds and hundreds on. Um, and then it was like, all right, we're our order counts are getting to the point where like auto is going to, you know, that's where we're heading. Uh, so I was like, you know, all right, what can we afford? And at that time, everyone's advice was get more heads than you, you know, than you think, or, you know, get, get a bigger press than you think. And, um i started looking at diamond backs which i uh, you know it was like a what was, i forget what their like the entry level of the diamond back I, I forget it's like a 6 i don't know 8 or so, i don't know some, something like that yeah, right. yeah, like, yeah it was like it was like all right well that's just basically another manual so that doesn't make sense right um and then for the price range and everything i ended up landing with a gauntlet 810 um and that like really like it was solid like we did you know what we did with it but then it was like I was starting to get to the point like after the two years it was like I only had one flash on it it's of revolver mode um and I was like oh man like we're just standing there like twiddling our thumbs like like watching it Mm. around um and then even like looking at like you know I could have probably patched over with just getting another flash and like you know going that way for for a little bit um but it got to the point where I was like you know if I can if I can sell this one and get what I'm trying to get for it, and then you know, I have the difference on it, then I can just have another press paid outright. Um, yeah. and that has been, you know, I mean, our production capacity's gone up like 50%, obviously, on the the revolver mode jobs, and then color counts up 40%. So it's it's you know, it's already paying for itself. Um, and it's already made life so much easier. Uh, but I'm also like, now I'm like, oh man, like am I, you know. In like two years, I'm going to be like, damn, I should have gotten like the 16, 16, 18 or
2: something like that. <laughs> and Dylan, sure. and I, Dylan and I say no. We say that yeah,
1: the days of the down. large. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I, I, I'm kind of thinking that the 14 color is the sweet spot because after 14, then you just switch to DTF most of the time. Obviously, if you have, you know, 3000 pieces to order, uh, or to, you know, to print, then maybe that's too large. You know, like right now, unless you have one of those carousel heat presses, then maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. you know, like we're, we we sort of think that fourteen is is where it's at, honestly. And yeah.
1: so, I I could know. see that. I mean, I'm I think that you know, if if we can't get it done with like an eight color sim, uh, or like, you know, if we max it out and go ten color on it or something like that, uh, then yeah, it's like should it be even screen printing?
0: Yeah. The funny <laughs> thing is, is I I I. Feel you when you were talking about the the eight ten because that's what we started with. Our first auto was a Sportsman eight ten, and I was just having this conversation with a distributor the other day that that came here and we were talking about stuff. He was like showing a new guy around. That's this new sales rep or whatever, and we were going through the showroom and we were looking at shirts or whatever. And I was showing them the shirt that we've had on the rack for forever. Like I don't know, it's probably been here like ten years. We're back then the thought of everything was okay how do we get every design we want like highish color down to six colors you know i mean you were always like how do i get this to six how do i get this to look good at six and it was just like the constant battle of okay well this design has like five greens in it alone and then what i was showing him was this design that we had of a dragon or whatever and it had like four different shades of green but we used one green and it was like green on a white underbase just halftone dots green no underbase which was a darker green green on the underbase and then green on the directly on the shirt as a Mm halftone and it was like it looked like four different greens but in reality it was all one green it was like
2: engineered in the art room
0: right we engineered it in the art room to make it work that way but we never have to think about that anymore like, I know you're much. thinking about, yeah, and I know you're thinking about on press and time saving and all this other stuff. And like you said, you'd be like, oh, this is going to be three spins and I only have one flash and it's just yeah, like, it's just oh, this so fucking sucks. sucks. And then as soon as we got the G3, it was like, cool, well, that is gone now. And also, like, we don't have to spend so much time in the art department, like, going through this and being like, how do we get this down to six? And, we can just do whatever we we can do 14 colors.
2: And a lot of times you sacrifice for that. Like you wish. Oh, for sure. Some of those are good engineering moves. Like it actually, you can't tell, like there's such a small nuance you don't really know. But other ones you're like, oh, it would look better if I actually had this other color, you know, and so you make these small sacrifices sometimes. And I don't want to be clear. And that is, um, an eight ten is a fantastic press. In fact, we oh, yeah, have an eight. Definitely, we have we have an eight ten sportsman sitting back there right now, and we love it. And I won't sell. I don't want to get rid of it. I bought it in two thousand twelve, brand new, and it's always going to be here. Because um, if it's your only press, though, then that's when that's the situation. Yeah. If you're a one press press shop, then yeah. yes, an eight ten might limit you, and so you're going to want to get a ten or a twelve or fourteen. But if, but it's also this 810 is perfect for like the one color, the two color, the three color. It's awesome press, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, even Zach, who runs that press, the sportsman, he had the opportunity to move to the G3 and he was like, yeah, this is sweet or whatever. But he's like, to be honest, like, I just love the sportsman. Like, I want to go back to it. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, it's mine. Like, it has my flow. Like, I know exactly, like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, Mm -hmm. he prefers that press. And it's just funny because, yeah, like, it's. It's a tool that's meant for that, like one to four to five color prints. Yeah. But if you're using it as your solo press and every job that comes to the door, you're like, how do mm-hmm. I make it work on this? That's when it sucks.
2: And we, so, yeah, we even I, have,
0: I, I feel you on that for sure. We
2: even have two flashes on our 810 to help things. Like you said, it patched it and it does help things. But what you just said, made me think that I do love that Sportsman and I, and because I feel like I'm one with it. I love the Cobras, but here's why I love the Sportsman is because the up-down of the pallets, how I love the flat indexing, don't get me wrong, but I super love this up-down because when you're loading, it drops and then it spins and you just right. know, like you know in your head. I mean, you it know it's when it's spin. coming. The
1: timing of it. like
2: yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's It's a beautiful thing. You get in yeah. sync with the up-down Whereas a flat just all of a sudden leaves, you know.
0: It's like driving. Like, at this point, it's like driving a classic car. It's like you pulled it out of the garage. <laughs> you feel good in it. You know what's going to happen. You know it leaks oil, but you still love it. You know what I mean? Like that—that's what's happening. But, yeah. um, stoked to hear you got that new press. Um, what's? How did you get to where you are now? Because you kind of you were at another shop, or you kind of had a, a different situation before this um
1: yeah so i i have a a colorful colorful past um i got in a decent amount of trouble uh in my early 20s and uh ended up in prison actually from drug charges and in prison i ended up like working essentially and it was like started out like in the kitchen of the prison and you know doing stuff and like they eventually like let me go out on like road crew and like we were the guys that were like on the highways like Mm. cleaning up trash or like doing you know whatever um and then my last year and a half uh I was incarcerated for three years and then the last year and a half I I made it to a camp where they had something called industries um and it was essentially an embroidery and screen I mean it was an embroidery and screen printing shop (laughs) um I don't know how they worked it out but they basically used inmate labor to run it. And they were under, you know, we actually got paid. It was like 50 cents an hour at the time, which like prison money is like, oh man, dude, (laughs) like, you know? Um, But so they, they, they moved me there. So like, I was lucky enough to like work my way to like a minimum security and then like.
0: Did you just go there daily? Like that was like, it was a screen
1: printing shop, like a normal screen printing shop. It had nothing to do with the prison other than that they used prison labor. It was like it was like this kind of like camp almost, um, and then it was like one of the buildings like on it. So like you'd get escorted from, like your your like cells or whatever to to the industries, which was like the other building, which the shop was at. So like, what were you, what were you printing? Things. Like what were these jobs? They were all for nonprofit and government contracts. I think that was like kind of whatever, like the tax law or like however they had it set up was. Uh, right. So they, they they could do like churches and like county government and like police and firefighting, you know, stuff like that. Um, but they, they couldn't take like outside like just like a streetwear brand or something. Well like that's that.
0: what I was wondering. If it was just like these people no offense, but like these people are placing an order and then it's just like a a print
1: <laughs> shop full of inmates like printing your stuff. Yeah, yeah no, nah, it was it was all it was it was mostly government like, you know, like government contracts, firefighter, first responders, and and churches. That's, that's the, what What kind of,
2: what kind of equipment
1: did you have or did they have? So I actually, there I was on the embroidery side and they had uh, three, six head Baradins, um, and I'm actually an operator. So that was like my entry into Mm -hmm. any of this was like, you know, getting taught by another inmate, like with CEOs watching us and like, it's like, all right, like you're running this embroidery machine. Um, so I was actually embroidery operator and then um, got shifted around and like ended up uh, digitizing the designs like in-house because they obviously weren't uh, using the digitizing services that we all get 20 phone calls a day. For. Seriously. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I ended up there like I never even touched the screen printing side. Um, and then I got released and I like was like, well, I don't know how to do anything else because I spent like most of my formative years like my 20s and like when everyone was in college and like you know doing stuff I was like this is all I know now so I ended up applying to you know shops in the area um and one of them was like actually one of our uh embroidery operators is pregnant she's going to be gone for three months if you want to come work you know work for us uh, so I got a job there, and then um, she was still working too. So like in the meantime, they moved me to like the digital uh, format, like digital stuff on the. So it was like rolling printers, like heat pressing numbers on like league shirts and stuff like that. Um, like running a a rolling with like the sub block transfer. So um, way before DCF, you know, you you had printed uh printed on vinyl and cut out like right. die it's like a giant sticker, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: I have to say that I absolutely love this. And what a, like a success story this is, because you hear people like they go to prison and then you you wish that there was like these programs like that you're describing that you come out of prison and then you have this skill now.
0: You have a trade, basically.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, shouldn't this be always the case, you know, because and maybe it is and I just don't know. But this is like a perfect scenario honestly
1: yeah i have i have like a love hate relationship with it because it's like it was it, it it is essentially like i think they're profiting off of like you know it is like oh 100%. a like, hundred <laughs> they're like,
0: <like>, they're percent <laughs> you
1: fucking 50 <laughs> cents dude <laughs> yes, <you know? laughs> but in that aspect i mean like you know what i i wouldn't be where i'm at today so i'm like grateful for that and like yeah i'm, I'm lucky that i was like turned like able to be in a bad situation and like, you know, make the best of it, I guess, you know, or like yeah. in that situation, cause like a lot of prisons don't have that. Right. So like, I don't know, like where my life would be at this point. Right. Um, you know, that that's like a whole nother story with like, you know, how the, the judicial system and like, you know, the, the prison thing works in, in the United States is, you know, not, not so great, you know, people. Yeah. Locked up. So, um, so it, it suck. like, I don't really tell the story all that often because it's like, I don't know, I'd, I'd rather have people just kind of judge me for, you know, where, where I'm at right now, as opposed to like, take some kind of special consideration. Yeah, but dude, like just from what
0: I've known you so far in this story is it's like Andy said, it's awesome. Like you <laughs> fucked up, you did what you did, but you learned a thing and then you came out and you were like, hey, like, I'm going to do this thing. And not only have you worked for somebody else, now you're doing it on your own. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, I, I do. Like, you know, I, I am. That's, great.
0: that's yeah. rad as fuck. Like <laughs> you're contributing now. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so I ended up like getting out and then working at that place for a while. Um, Still hadn't touched any screen printing, like still didn't know, like, you know, both shops had like multi, like uh, the, the prison shop only had one auto, but the, this other shop that I got a job at once I got out was like a three auto shop. So they were they were really successful. They were a pretty big operation. Um, and then I ended up like getting an offer from another place that needed an embroidery operator, and the grass was greener. Uh, they were offering more money, and I was like, "Hey, like, yeah, I'm gonna go do this." Um, and come to find out, like, the guy was like a real piece of shit. Like, he only needed an <laughs> operator for like this huge order that they had, like some like three thousand mm-hmm. contracts. So um, after like a month or two of working there, like paycheck started bouncing. Uh, you know, it was like payday would come and then it was like, I'd notice everyone like running out like at lunchtime and they're I was like, where is everyone going? They're like, dude, you got to go to the bank and like cash your paycheck. Otherwise, like there <laughs> might not be money in the account. And I was like, what? like this is a thing so that was like my first experience with like oh like you know not because yeah it was just like mind-blowing to me that like Mm -hmm. that that was a thing um and this whole time you were focused on embroidery yeah so i was still doing embroidery and then after like the whole paycheck bouncing stuff like i started looking again uh ended up at another shop uh again they hired me on as an embroidery operator but um they need they ended up like needing help on the the screen printing side of it too. Is this this all in Baltimore? uh, It's like in the vicinity, it's all in Maryland. Like uh, all the locations are like within like 45 minutes to an hour outside of Baltimore. Okay. Um, And then I was basically grunt work there, uh, reclaiming screens, um, catching, you know, I, I call it grunt work, but it's actually really integral to the process. So like, I'm glad that I learned it there. you know. Uh, so I, I did that for and then same thing that company was like owned by uh, it was bought out by this guy that like was a manager at a target and like a real estate agent. So they had like no screen printing background, like, we're just like, you know, just clueless about everything. And um, that's kind of where I got on a the press, they had like an antique legend. And they're like, Yeah, start printing. And I'm just like, being taught by these guys that don't know like what they're doing either. Um, So I was working there and they are cutting our hours, same thing, company was getting run into the ground because it was just a poor operation all all around. Um, And then I started looking again and got hired part-time at another shop that was like a legit like, you know, uh, they had been in business since 70. actually had their shit together by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, like and uh they were contract printing for, for custom ink actually. So I was uh one of the the manual printers they kind of threw me in there. Um and I like was still like really bad at printing at that time. I'm not gonna lie. Um one of the stories that sticks out to me, like the the shop that I learned at, like for some reason like you I'm sure you guys are familiar with screen printing shittiest. It was like if you took the culmination of like everything on there, like it was that shop, like to the point where they didn't use spatulas. Like I didn't know that you were supposed to use a spatula to like get ink out of a, a bucket. So like they would have these plastic gloves and like, put, you know, you put a plastic glove on and like grab ink and smeared it in, into the screen. So I remember with the, one of the first days I was working at, at the new place, I did that. And the owner was just like, just, shocked he was like what the fuck are you doing and I was like it's funny cuz that what? that sticks <laughs> that sticks
0: out to me because of one of the stories that we heard from Ryan casparian was that mm-hmm. he he hired somebody to work was it at Denver or something yeah it was and like he, their first day and their first day and he was like shadowing them in the shop and he fucking scooped ink with his hand yeah.
2: and he no, was his bare, ins- hand. His <laughs> bare <laughs>
0: hand and he was and, instantly like you're fired stuff. like <laughs> like if you're doing this then there's a lot more wrong than than this
1: yeah <laughs> so you would have been fired by ryan instantly that i mean day. i don't i don't blame him. you know that, that, like i mean it was essentially like you know picking up a kid that just walked out of the jungle like and it's just right. like <laughs> girl or something like, I was like oh man but um they stuck it out, man. And, uh, I was manually printing on a blue max, one of those old M and R presses. Uh, it was, a, it was a six four used a hammer to register everything. Perfect, right, yep. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it, it really, like, it really made me a good printer, uh, after a couple years of like doing, you know, I was printing anywhere from 150 to 300 shirts a day. Well, you and had the struggle. I, yeah. And it was like, you know, like, you know, my, my my forearms were, you know, ginormous at that time. And like, I just like, just learn that's like really when I learned about screen printing, you know, like going through, um, so I've worked there up until COVID actually. And then when COVID happened, um, I had gotten like my own thing going on the side and the owner of that shop is like super cool. I was actually over there this morning. He's like my mentor, like he's, you know, really good people. Um, and, uh, he, he'd always like, let me run my own stuff on the side there, like after hours or like, I could like contract through them. Um, and then I'd ended up getting a, a deal on a chameleon six, six and a hard dryer from this guy in Baltimore that was like, literally getting evicted. Um, and he like called me up and he had, he had called me like a couple weeks prior and was like, Hey, do you have like three grand? Do you want to buy this equipment? And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, nah, I'm, I'll, I don't have that right now. I'm good. Like. And then it got down to the point where he was like, if you have $1,000 cash, you can come pick this up right now. And I was like, all right, like, let me find some people. So, like, grabbed a U-Haul, found, like, six or seven friends, like, went down there, grabbed the chameleon and the Harco. The landlord was, like, standing there, like, ready to close the door. And I guess, like, the whole thing was, like, if he, you know, he could only take what, like, anything that could leave at that time before they closed the door was Right. Noticed. Basically, take what so you get. This, like, crazy fire sale on this equipment, and I like. Uh, I mean, it was in bad shape. It was like that shop was not great, obviously either. But like, uh, restore the chameleon, um, and then started printing print with that at this uh, other this shop that I had like rented space at, essentially. Um, and it was this guy that was like getting out of it. He had got a job at the port, um, so he was like a longshoreman, and he was like, "Dude, I'm done with printing." Like whatever like you know and he had like a lawson automatic like i think it was a Hmm. trooper which was oh yeah so you were you were
0: running space in another print shop and you were bringing in your own equipment
1: yeah so i mean at that point he was he was basically like dude like i'm i'm getting out of here like he was trying to figure out like how you were kind of taking it over yeah so it was the equipment there was was a, a trooper xl a manual Lawson and uh, a Omega dryer or something. So, I mean, it was it was like halfway set up, but that auto never worked. Um, it was just a nightmare. Uh, and I think it ended up just becoming scrap metal. I, I, I don't know what happened to it. When we left the shop there and got a new lease, we just, you know, we just, just left started. it. <laughs> we were like, hey. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I, I was doing that on the side essentially. And that was like, uh, from like 2017, uh, I'd started doing that stuff on the side and then, but I was still working for, for the other guy too. So I'd go print for eight hours. So you're printing and then printing. Yeah, dude, it was, it was like eight hours there, like hour hour drive to the city and then like print another six hours and then like go the show for a couple hours and then just same
0: thing the next day at what point did you make the switch to be like nah fuck it i'm doing
1: it so So it it was actually during covid um when everyone started getting laid off um and you know they were like all right like you you know just like everyone else they were like you know we we don't know what to do we're laying everybody off you can collect unemployment and I, i think that was like just the final moment where i was like it you gave know, you an out it gave you anyway, a reason to do it yeah i mean I, I was like already like you know trying to get there but like the safety net of having that paycheck i guess like was kind right. of like keeping me in well the um, nice thing about
0: covid is everyone was getting an extra six hundred dollars
1: basically that, that, that i literally was <clears gonna throat> say like that was like the kicker was like i got to just start going to my own shop you know i was still getting like you know the unemployment money at the time and i was just like like setting it up and printing for myself and like doing, you know, as much as I could during that time. Right. And somehow like, you know, was still still picking up jobs here and there, um but I mean, obviously the overhead was like so low, you know, and still getting like still getting assistance or unemployment or however you want to call it. Right. Um, so by the time that that ended and they were like, all right, like everyone's coming back. Are you coming back? And I, I told him, I was like, nah, dude, like, I think, you know, I'm going to give this a try. Like I'm going to oh yeah, do it, keep going. And then um, it just, it worked out since then. You know? And here you are now. <laughs> yeah, here we are now. So, um, so it's been, it's been a journey for sure. We, we also like, I, I left that spot and it was like this old decrepit warehouse. I mean, dude, it was, you know, DIY-ish for sure um, to the point where like, you know, we're reclaiming screens and it was just like connected to a trash can that like had a sump pump in it. And it was just like kicking it out to the street. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh man, like, you know, I
2: mean, you do what you gotta do. I know of, Dylan and I both know of a guy who has a shop and they don't have their, any of their water on any sort of sewer system. And so that it fills up this giant tank and every single day they drive a truck to a different facility and empty the truck and then drive the truck back to the shop. So there wow. has to be somebody that's constantly and empt- for their, all of their water usage, you know, what I'm saying like every single day, it, there's no sewer, it just they take this all of their water off site somewhere else to dispose, like, you know, that's just part of what the thing that they have to do. And they yeah. figured that's cheaper like less expensive to do that than to hook into the whatever so, distance it is yeah you know yeah so, wild. It's wild. Yeah.
1: yeah so i mean we were you know it was it was that kind of setup and, and i'm sure you guys are familiar right. you know, yes yeah. the cool fun. the cool part about that is is
0: i know it sucks when you're in it like in these shitty shops and like the shitty stuff that's happening even the the paychecks bouncing and all this other stuff is it's like so much of that is so good for you later in life when you're like "Fuck it i'm going to start my own thing because now you know like a fuck load of stuff what not to do
1: i i agree and I, it, I think it's it's shaped uh how i run my company now um i, I try to keep my shop as clean as possible um because and not only because of like a, a aesthetic standpoint, it's because it affects production. It's a respect
0: though, too. Like you have respect for your things and like your craft
1: and yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that, I mean, that making sure like the two employees that I do have full time now, like dealing with them, like i you know, I'd make sure their paychecks never bounce, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and and just setting up like implements and like procedures and stuff like, yeah, absolutely. Like i i Fuck you yeah. know, I like saw it happen or like I was there and did it. so like now I know, you know, right. and have incorporated that into like how how things run down. it's it you're right. I mean, it sucked at the time, but like looking back on it, it's like it's been great because I think if I hadn't gone through that, then you know I wouldn't know what I know now <laughs> that's literally how I look at most things
0: in my life is like not that I had like a horrible fucking upbringing or anything but there was a lot of tough times and a lot of just like DIY or shitty things and you know now you're like fuck if I wouldn't have done those I wouldn't be where I am like at all like if I just walked in here and was like I have money buy press buy press buy a building like it would st- I would not be as in this good a shape Yeah, you'd probably be
2: you'd probably be scooping ink out of buckets with your bare hands. Right, with your bare
0: hands. Right.
2: You know, like so. Yeah, that that whole thing
0: doesn't make any sense to me. Like, even if you're a cheap ass and you're like, oh, I don't have spatulas, using gloves, you're wasting (laughs) so much ink on the fucking glove, throwing it in the garbage when you're done with it. Yeah, yeah,
1: Mm. absolutely.
0: But there, one one last thing in that though that kind of just like gave me warm fuzzies was before we moved to auto, we had four or five manuals at that point, like we were doing it where we had two dryers and we had two manuals per dryer. And then we had like another one off to the side or whatever, but we were having four people run manuals until we were like, all right, let's get an auto because it's so much easier at that time to be like, oh, I'm just going to go buy a $2,000 manual or whatever, like off Craigslist. But I remember back in those days, it was funny because there was all these different brands of manuals and whatever. And what I always wanted was the Sidewinder. Like I I wanted a Sidewinder. I eventually got one, but it was like right before we got an auto. So it just sat in the corner. But before that, there was like all these other brands, which I don't even remember. I mean, we had Riley's, but we had all these other things. And I did love, because I'm just that guy, like I like the meticulous thing of, buying a shitty manual and literally like it's like those um videos you watch on instagram where they fully disassemble something and like soak the parts and then like yeah. scrape it down and clean it and you know relube things or buy new bolts and it was like i love doing that i love taking a press down completely and then cleaning it putting it all back together and then like leveling the pallets and like making sure everything's good and then you go to print on it the first time and it's like a refurbished press basically yeah. Like I would never just buy one, put it in the shop and be like, use it. <laughs> like I liked going through it and like fully restoring
1: it as much as possible before use. But you, you through that process, you also learn like the mechanics of it and like how it works and why it works too, you know? Right. So And I, I also learned
0: like you don't level pallets just by putting a level on them and saying, hey, this is level. You level it to the like print <laughs> arm and it's yeah. like, You know, there's all these things that you learn during that and like, oh, what the actual registration gate is on it of like these bolts need to be in the right spot. So when it comes down, it's just there's a ton of things with that. But it just made me think of back in the manual days of like you said, like a hammer or, you know, yeah, hammer (laughs) we had this one manual where I remember we every time we pulled the screen down, we had to like shimmy it to the left. For some reason it was like pull it down look, look through the screen pull it to the left slightly pull the squeegee and then like bring it up mm-hmm. <laughs> but we had another one where like we we had two biggest screens on it and we had to have a human being every time they pulled the screen down stand on the other side of the press like on the feet of it so the press didn't tip over when you like put your weight into it to like pull the squeegee <laughs> and it's just like there's so many stupid things like that it's like why did we one do we do the that?
2: greatest things about printing manually <clears throat> Is that if it is out of reg somewhere, you can do those little like, hey, I'm going to even- yeah, yeah. But okay. on auto, you're like, hey, if it's out of reg, then it's only so much you can do. Right. And so, or you print we'll- it
0: and see that it's out of registration, and then you pull it down, pull it down again, and then shift it to the yeah. left, and then print it again. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
0: And then you end up with what we would call bulletproof print, where it's got mm-hmm. like fucking ten layers of ink on it because you're trying to make sure there's no white poking out anywhere. Yeah.
1: I uh actually speaking of sidewinders, I got uh lucky recently at the uh the Charlottesville custom ink auction. Um I went down there uh because I was close enough. So I was like, let me go check out the equipment ahead of time. And uh went down there and got it like, you know, by the by the time that they, they had like a field of sidewinders, man, it was like at least 20 or 30, I think. It was just like a, like a farm full of them, right? Um, so the, the online auction, they, they started just lotting them at the end. Cause you know, it was just so many pieces to go by 10 side Yeah. And like the first few, I was like, oh man, but I ended up getting a deal on two of them and then, um, took one to the, to the shop that I used to work at the, the guy that I was saying, that's like my mentor. So he took one and then I took one, um, and I actually got like a crazy deal on like a, uh, Heat press down there, like a stall's Hotronics, like pneumatic one or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had like a piece of tape on it that says like something's broken with it. Um, so they, you know, listed it as like needs repair or something like and, as is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like plugged it in. And I was like, I don't know, man. It seems like it works and stuff. So like I bid on it and got it for like something like 200 bucks or something. So I was just like, still. <laughs> but I, I was like, you know, that's the karma for printing for a. Uh, custom ink for, you, know, for <laughs> you were due. Years. You were due that yeah. heat brush. Yeah. It's like, damn, dude. Yeah, um, but yeah, the sidewinder, I actually, uh, earlier today went and got the, uh, the little portable air compressor. I'm going to try to hook yeah. up the, the air clamps for it and stuff. We, and like, like you were saying, Dylan, like, you know, we re- refurbished it, like re-leveled it had to get new feet for it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's all level right now. And then, uh, I tested it out with like another, compressor and like all the airlocks work on it. So I was like pretty excited. I was like, that's, no, that's plus, awesome. yeah, we're just gonna use this the way it's supposed to be. So, oh, um, yeah. so I shifted that from the chameleon cause that the chameleons are heavy, man. And um mm-hmm. so they're not really meant for production presses even though that's what I used it for. <laughs> the carousels on them are just heavy, man. Spending those like, you know, hours, hours a day. It's just not good for- Yeah. The
2: chameleon is, nearly as heavy as an auto it's unreal you see this press and you're like oh i'm gonna i need to move it a foot this way or whatever you know there's it's nearly impossible like it is crazy <laughs> heavy you know like they have like the i don't know what it's called the carousel where all the print has attached you know it's just like made solid steel like it's unreal
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it weighs and then a, a like- lot you can get like the, uh, the add-ons to it and it can be like, I don't know, something mm-hmm. crazy, like a 14 colors. It, it always reminds me of like, you know, those guitars from, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I think they still make them with like the two headstocks. So you had like <laughs> 12 string and then a six string. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know? So I, we, we didn't go that far. And the, the one that we have is like a backloader. Um, but yeah, the, the Sidewinder's been a little bit more friendly to work with. It's still heavy. Yeah.
2: The Sidewinder's still heavy. It's not like it's light. Yeah. The chameleon. No, no. Well, I think it'll last like a thousand years. Like a thousand I, years from now, there's still. I, be, I don't think like, I can let
1: it go. You know, because we mm-hmm. I, I got an offer on it, or like mm-hmm. thinking about like, can we? You know, with the new setup and stuff. Um, and I was like, I don't know, man. That's my first press. I don't think. Like, you know, I have like yeah. A I too. wish yeah, I know. still, Seriously. I wish I still had ours,
0: even if it was in storage. Yeah. I wish I still had it, just to say this is what I started on.
2: I think yeah, I've yeah. told this story before, but there was this, there was an order that we got in our early days. We were out of our garage, and we received this order, and it was like in the afternoon when we got the order, and this is back when there was this place called Saint Louis T's in town, and so we could just drive over and buy T-shirts, and so we did that, and then we printed all night long. And then we delivered in the morning and, um, I still have that screen. Like we never got rid of that screen. Like, I just wanted to keep the screen to remember like all the pain and suffering that went, went into <laughs> like that order. And also like the good memories too, because I still tell the story, you know, like it was pretty, but thank God it was one color, you know, like we were able to yeah. do this overnight one color, but I have this, this thing. i w I'm curious, um, I would like to get your opinion on both of your opinions on. And that is when it comes to advice. And so, is it better to let your kid, friend, wife, husband, or I guess significant other fail, or should you say, like, give them advice, like on how to do something, or, hey, you know what, I went through this, and honestly, you know, like, I don't want you to suffer all that misery. You should do it this way, because I, you know, I went through all this already. Or here's what complicates I think the whole thing, and that is is maybe with your kid you should let them fail you know and just let them learn the the tough lessons with your wife, ooh like you're that that's uh you're walking on thin ice potentially and you 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 don't want to watch and sit there and, and watch her fail so you want to say something but she just bites your tongue, and so you be like the girl like the girlfriend who is while. Well, her girlfriend is puking. You're holding her hair and telling her she looks cute. And you're like, hey, supportive. Like, you're awesome. This is fine. Everything's going to be OK. You know, or do you just be brutally honest? You'd be honest like, and hey, say, you
0: fucking moron. Look what happens when you fucking do this. Don't do it again.
2: See, that's sometimes I do that. And I'm like, why did I do that? Like, I should have just shut the fuck up, <laughs> held her hair and say she's cute. You know, like, and everything's going to be fine. Who,
0: is the girl whose hair you're holding TC? <laughs> <laughs> is
2: that where you're going with this? nothing to do with anything <laughs> just, uh-huh. just random random <laughs> random thoughts because all of a sudden i'm in a in like this debate or argument that i don't even want to be in it's valentine's day it's a beautiful day out here and i'm like wait wait how did i even get here i didn't mean to say this i wasn't trying to insult anybody i was just mm-hmm. saying hey you know maybe don't do this because i don't want you to suffer so much this is out of love and then i'm like punched in the dick I love I
0: love this because I know where this is coming from
2: (laughs) and I'm like well so here that's this is my question is like I think sometimes I do things wrong you know I'm still trying to figure life out how to be a better human and I think that I situationally I get it wrong and I should have just like you know said oh sounds great you know what I'm saying like why am I having so much trouble with this and how can I be better
0: I have an answer, but I kind of want to hear your answer first.
1: So I mean, I well, I don't have kids, so uh, I can't relate to to that part. But I I think that you can tell someone, you know, like, uh, and I, I think it's coming from a place of like caring. It sounds like like you're you're trying to save them the pain of like going through something that you experience experienced. So it's like, okay, like you want to save them from that. You don't want them to get hurt or like, you know, go through a tough time. Um, but you know, sometimes you just got to let them, right. Or in that mm. case, it's like, I don't know, like, and just be there maybe like on the other side of it, like, and just be like that.
2: I told you so. No, don't say that. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say like,
1: <laughs> that might not help. I mean, I, you kind of, I think it, it would essentially be that but maybe you know just being like hey yeah I, I still am here i'd okay but i i do see like you know i see both ways a bit for sure like there are certain situations that like you can say that to somebody and they're not going to listen anyway so it's just like just be like, hey, yeah, you do you, like, and you like, that supportive, uh, hold the hair, and just what do he like, say, Andy? <laughs> very
2: eloquent, eloquently put. You do you, yeah.
0: So. I, but in, in to that, it's also the guy you always want to punch in the face. The guy or the girl is the one after something happens that says, "I knew that was going to happen." And you're like, "I will fucking stab you in the face."
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, don't say that.
0: Yeah. All right. This is where I'm going to get in the weeds, but mm-hmm. it's also very important to me because I have struggled with this for Again, this is part of me growing, is learning how to express my feelings and whatever. I mean, Andy, have talked about this before. I mean, other people have talked about this before, but I feel like a lot of it is in the way you say it. Like, mm. Andy, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. Go ahead. What? Like, well, I'll learn from this. We all will. I'm just saying that if you, if you. It's like a hindsight 2020 thing. Like if you see what was said, like for instance, hypothetically, if someone was to post equipment that they were talking about and you said that combo of equipment is the fucking shittiest combo of equipment ever created.
2: (laughs) That's okay.
0: (laughs) Whereas you know that person has that equipment. I didn't know. <laughs> That's maybe first, you say all, something else though. where it's mm-hmm. like yeah that you know that equipment was great in its time but you know there's better stuff now and you know there's you know maybe don't go that route.
2: So sugarcoat it.
0: Not sugarcoat it, but you're you're saying like hey like this isn't the greatest but like we can we can do better. Whereas instead of it's more like a, anyone who has that piece of equipment is a fucking moron because okay, didn't okay.
2: <laughs> that's an extreme that I didn't, I didn't say that. I know, I but think listen, that what's listen, important, again, I'm not I, I trying hear, to throw
0: you under the bus, but what I'm saying is to the person, and this is where I'm talking about the feelings talk and like how you express things to people, to the person. I know you didn't say it that way. I was being, I was blowing it out of proportion I'm saying, but to the person who reads that, that's in the shoes of they're in that situation. Mm -hmm. That's how how they hear it. They hear.
2: They're defensive.
0: They're defensive and they hear mm -hmm. that this is, this is shitty and they feel embarrassed or whatever.
2: Here's the thing. I didn't know they had that equipment. And second, I think this is important is that I'm never, I never try to be an elitist. I support, if I'm in a shop and whatever shop they have, uh, whatever equipment they're using and however they're using it, I will support and um, I will do like a you do you. OK, and like mm-hmm. that, this is this is cool. Um, <laughs> okay. There is very few pieces of pieces of equipment that I dislike, um, mostly because I don't know most equipment. I've never printed on most presses. I've just printed on my presses. And so I'm, I'm never going to talk shit on presses that I, I don't really know about. I hear about things, but I don't like to spread rumors unless I personally have experience with it. I personally have experience with the equipment that was posted, and I too made the mistake of investing in it, and it cost me—cost me time and money and mm-hmm. lots of frustrations, and it probably aged me and all this stuff, you know. And and so all the I funny, was doing The
0: funny part about that was is I had that equipment too, like had. Right. Had. I know, which you, Had. I saw you put in there, like Dylan mm-hmm. said this nicely, but also he doesn't have that anymore either. So you
2: don't have that anymore. Either. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> which well, he, he you said didn't...
0: something nice to me, but then also but anyway, we're getting off topic. We're going into this other thing. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm curious to hear what. what, uh, what the equipment <laughs> <is now. laughs> We don't want to say what the equipment was. OK, it was it was darkroom equipment. And the thing with, with that whole thing is that we've all gone through iterations of you know, mm-hmm. fucking Epson printer printing film to mm-hmm. our first CTS and then we realized that CTS can get upgraded to this new technology and whatever, whether it's inkjet and you switch to wax or you switch to now laser or whatever, it's constantly evolving. But anyway, Andy was talking about how he basically, he had a lot of struggles with that that setup in general when i had that set up too and i used it for years and yeah it had its problems but we printed some rad shit with it so that was my like argument in that conversation was i
2: printed some rad shit with film i can <clears> make <throat> a rad screen with the fucking sun just, right. but should i should i right like, i understand I? Hey, you I'm don't have to be saying, defensive here okay. i understand well, i'm just saying when i that,
0: read what you said i knew where you were coming from I and mean, everyone in the group knows where you were coming from you were not a dick it was just funny because you instantly got shade from people and you were like, fuck it. I'm out. Like I'm out of this conversation. I'm done. You guys can go fuck yourselves. Um, but going back to the original thing, I think that, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with you doing the prison thing and working all these shitty shops or whatever. I think it is very important to a degree to let people make mistakes and let them do these things but maybe sit down like don't knowingly know this guy's gonna go do this thing and it's gonna get fucked like I know this is gonna fail I know this is gonna suck I think it is good to give them advice and say hey I've been there before this is what I've experienced if you still feel strongly that you need to experience this yourself like go ahead but then afterwards sit down with them after they fail and be like What did you learn from this experience? You know what I mean? Like with my kids, it's kind of like, yeah, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I would do that with my kids. You know, it's like you want to be like, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you want to be supportive, but they also need to learn the hard way. It's kind of like riding a bike. They're like, oh, I can handle this. I can ride down that hill. I can fucking do this. And it's like, I'm telling you right now, there's loose stone at the bottom. Like, it's going to be rough. And they're like, no, no, I can do it. It's like, okay, make sure your (laughs) helmet and your knee pads are on. And then they fucking (laughs) eat shit at the bottom. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, hey, do you understand now that maybe you shouldn't fucking ride down this hill with fucking gravel at the bottom? And now they won't do ever do it again. Like, I'm not going to just be like, all right, well, fuck, go fuck yourself, figure it out. Mm. Like, I'm just saying like you give the constructiveness, but you also know that it's their choice. It's their life. They need to do these things anyway. And, or,
2: or you just stay out of it. Or you, you just like, you know, you take a deep breath of air. You look, you enjoy the blue skies and you just chill need to stay way out of it Maybe I that's,
0: agree that's... I agree with that in some sense. I'm just saying back to what we were saying before, i think I think <clears> you <throat> need to have struggles in order to have like the rewards at the end, like you need to, to an extent. You need to do you need to do those things, but I agree to be honest with you, Andy, you didn't say anything wrong at all. We were all just giving you a hard time, and mm-hmm. it was funny, but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny that Navid said. What did he say? Fucking uh,
2: (laughs) UBU. UBU. Because that's exactly. No, you do you. You do you. 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 (laughs) Andy said
0: his thing. And I said, hey, man, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like perfect all around. Yeah, weird. because
2: Dylan came in there like the best friend of all, like, hey, you do you. I'm your supportive good friend. <laughs> and I was like being the asshole or whatever, like, you know, don't do mm-hmm. making fun of him. And that's just not how it all really right. was. No, it wasn't. Um, I'm, I try to be supportive uh, at all times to my friends and to people and to even strangers in the industry or not in the industry, whatever it is. And kind of go about my day.
0: But my short version answer after a long story long is yeah. I think a lot of those things with advice or anything like that is in how you say it. Like you need to you need to put the other person's mm. shoes on and then understand what they're going through before you just are like, I know the fucking answer to this. You know what I mean? You need to you need to realize where they are and what they should probably hear at that point in time. And then like assess the Mm -hmm. situation and let them do what they're going to do or I I, I think
2: that I think that I was found guilty without a fair trial but in my defense uh, I had heard about his um, struggles with that machine and I thought he got a new system like he was hating on hating on hating on the very thing that I said isn't very good hating on it right and I thought he got a new thing and I didn't even know he had still had (laughs) the thing that he hated on himself
0: I understand.
2: Anyway, like I'm I don't know. Like he's I am so, I, 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 he's so I still, fired up. I don't know. Like <laughs> because I just don't know how the world works, I don't think. Um all right. I'm gonna,
1: so i will have to do some homework when uh when we get off here to to
2: I'll we'll, tell, we'll share with you all the stuff that this yeah. is, but I hate to like say exactly at this no, point because
1: I mean, I on on that point too, I I do think, I mean, even equipment uh related, I think, you know, being it like my like my personal experience with seeing certain shops be successful and not um i mean i like the equipment had to be a part of it right there was like like one of the unsuccessful shops like had a you know it had an Anatol press so i'm just kind of like scarred by them now like you know like and i don't know because like maybe like you know i got approached by Anatol when i was looking at an auto and like you know like did some research into it and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I think I'm just going to go with like an m because I've seen like both of the most successful shops that I worked at, but like had full M&R set up. So like, I don't know, there's like some personal experience with it, but I do also think that like, you know, there's, I don't know, like how that shop was run too might've, you know, if I hadn't gone through that, maybe like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe I would have ended up with a brown electric print, I don't know. I think think
0: to mix mine and Andy's (laughs) opinion on the advice thing is we both get hit up all the time by people being like, I wanna buy this piece of equipment or what do you think about this or whatever. And there's so many times where someone said, should I get this or that, or should I do this? And you're like, again, like Andy said, like I've had that, this is the struggles I had, this is what I'm doing. So let's just say darkroom equipment again, where you're like, all right, well, The trends I'm seeing, and I've tried all these different pieces of equipment, and I've seen what can happen. And I've asked hundreds of friends that have this equipment of like, what should I do in this scenario? And you're like, hey, like, this is where the the trend of printing is going. This is going to be best for you. Yeah, it might be an extra 10, 20K, but in the long run, you're going to be way more happy with this piece of equipment because of whatever. And then they're like, yeah, I understand. I understand. And you talk them through this whole thing. And then you see two weeks later, they're like, yeah, I purchased this like no name piece of equipment. I found a sweet deal on it and I drove 10 hours to pick it up. And you're just like, why? Why did I why did I even bother with this fucking telling you this thing when you were just like, I'm going to buy this because it's the cash I have on hand and I want it right now and I can't wait and I'm impatient and whatever else. And it's like. Then you're just kind of like what gandy said i'm just gonna stay out of it they're gonna find out for themselves (laughs) that this fucking sucks and whatever like i gave my advice and you didn't use it at all and you're just gonna have to learn the hard way that that wasn't the right move like i feel like if you go to somebody like that knows what they're talking about to a degree that they bend down that road like not necessarily someone who just is a know-it-all, but someone who's fucking gone through the struggles of all these things, like you should somewhat take their advice. Like you should be like, they were like, hey, I fucking did this and it sucked. Like, this is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Don't ask one person either, ask like 10 people. Cause one person's story isn't gonna be the same as somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. But if the average of 10 of your friends' stories is don't fucking buy this piece of equipment, then maybe you shouldn't buy that fucking piece of equipment. Like look into it a little bit differently. Yeah. Also, there's a reason why it's probably for sale. Like did the company go under or are they a successful company that's just selling something and then you realize they're selling it because they're getting something else because that thing
2: sucks. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's still good and they, it just doesn't meet their needs anymore production wise or something. So, I mean, yeah, you're true. That's what's difficult about all of these decisions. You know, we're business owners we have to make decisions all day long. And some of them are in equipment and we're like, oh man, you know, I need to research that. And so what you do, what most of us guys do, we love doing is going home and at night, getting our laptops and going on YouTube or going whatever we're doing. We're like, hey, let me see some videos of this thing working and it's fun. And then you make your best decision. That's what I I do a lot of times. I, I make decisions not based on other people's opinions and I just do what I think. So I'm kind of, I go down that road sometimes too, honestly. And I'm sure we all also I also think it's
0: 2024 Mm. and we have fucking everything and everything in our pocket to just do some research and talk to our friends and reach our friends in Australia and everything else where we can ask people for real world advice that have used those things like true. It's pretty so back to back to what you were saying Andy advice (laughs) I feel like is a huge tool and you should use it you shouldn't just be like well
2: my way or the highway and Mm -hmm. yeah should be cool about it. And right. It should be more chill. I get it. <laughs> All right. Um, I hope that um, both of you watched the Super Bowl halftime. Did you, by the way? Unfortunately, uh, yes.
1: I did, yeah. And
2: Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, getting- okay, hold on. I shouldn't just say halftime show because that was its whole thing. Uh, I mean more like the Super Bowl and catch some commercials because this is my next thing. So instead of over-unders this week, I thought it would be cool to talk about the best Super Bowl ads, because I think there were a couple of good ones, and I want to dig a little bit deeper into them and how effective they are, because you know they cost seven million dollars, by the way. For Thirty do you think seconds. That's, yeah, do you think that's worth it? <clears throat> and um, for a company like ours, of course, we would love to have a Super Bowl ad. But um, I think there's some effective things we can do that I'm looking at that I learned from sort of watching the Super Bowl uh, commercials and then also talking to some people about it, how what some things like we might do this year as far as marketing. And so um, maybe we could just say your favorite uh, Super Bowl commercial this year and maybe they're all the same because I know mine and uh, and then we'll just go from there and then I'll I'll share with you this uh, this uh, this one other thing about like some marketing that we're going to be trying.
0: Honestly, there weren't any that stood out to me that I was like, oh, that was a really good commercial. Like, I am not a sports person at all. Like, I literally will watch the Super Bowl for snacks and the commercials. Mm -hmm. Like, I can give two fucks about the game. And I was kind of disappointed at all the commercials. Like, I didn't, I don't think there was any that really, like, I mean, you're going to tell me what ones you liked, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But none of them, (laughs) like, it's not the days of, like, the was up commercials or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like just there's so many good classic commercials that i just feel like i didn't get any of those this
1: year
2: Navi did you have one that, you, that stood uh, out to you
1: you know it, it stood out to me but not because i liked it and i guess now I'm just kind of like recalling that i'm like well i guess it really worked then right and and i think it was because you're talking me. about the jesus getting his feet washed no that was that, that <laughs> was, <laughs> it was actually
0: i it was, i thought of you andy by the way when i saw this commercial <laughs> why because I was like, this is a foot fetish commercial hundred <laughs> oh percent. This is this is a guy. At God-like first I didn't know where it was feet. going. Yeah, I didn't know where
2: that was going. I was like, well, I'm this sorry
0: going? for religious people, but it's just yeah, was, the whole was, commercial was just like he's like, Can I touch your feet? <laughs> and I was like, All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I just remember that the Timu ones, the the orange, like animated mm-hmm. uh, Oh. There were but, so many of those. Well, that's the thing. I was like, I mean, I guess were they paying each time? Like are they probably. Just, got that much like so I, I guess I got hit with like the like just like getting it mashed in you know um otherwise i like I don't really remember too many too many of the other ads because I mean to be honest though I'm like I was super salty that the Ravens weren't in the Super Bowl um <laughs> so that was like already like I was just like you know what fuck the Super Bowl now <laughs> um and the only reason I did watch it was because I knew that uh both uh two of the two shops at um relentless and and you guys actually mm-hmm. uh, were gonna get something off it
0: so i was right.
1: kind of like all right at least like you know at least if the chiefs win like some of the homies get some money off it like you know i thought like, you were gonna yeah. say
2: you're just wanted <laughs> to see taylor swift or something but
1: no no so. that was literally the only reason that like i really dislike the chiefs on real quick mom. though back to that those <laughs> TV
0: commercials or i don't even remember what the name of that company was the slogan yeah. was awful it was like it was like what was it buy stuff like a billionaire or whatever yeah 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 like, there's well, no way in hell first of all a billionaire is using this stupid ass app to buy anything
2: i think it's every i think on timu everything is really cheap it's like a website
1: i think it's, it's like, just like a new like alibaba type. like yeah. like LinkedIn. yeah but why was your tagline but purchase like a billionaire
2: because you can buy a lot of shit because it's cheap sure. So it's That's almost like, I think,
1: wasn't there like another, like, there was something called like Wish, like a, the Wish app or something Wish. like that? Oh, Wish.com or whatever you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was like kind of the same concept that it mm-hmm. just had like a bunch of stuff that, and then it's usually like you buy it and then like it doesn't even match the description. Or yeah. It's like yeah. very poorly made or something like that. Um.
2: All right. So here's my <laughs> favorite commercial. And I don't remember a whole ton of them, but this one I really liked. And I like the Duncan one. Because Ben Affleck came in there and he started rapping with his like boy band. I I was so
0: embarrassed by that commercial.
2: (laughs) I loved it. Of course he was was kidding. And then there was Tom Brady over there, like it was on keys or whatever he said. And it was just, I I liked it because it just stood out. It was funny. And I remembered it. Mm-hmm. And you love Duncan, even like that's a North. I love
0: Duncan, but I also like Ben Affleck and uh, fucking Matt, Matt Damon. And I'm like, what level are they at in their careers where they're doing a fucking Dunkin' Donuts
2: commercial? It was for fun. That's, that's what it was. And it's his wife over there. Like he barges in to the studio. They probably <laughs> paid him tons of money. But here's kind of what it comes down to, I think. And that is sort of like you said with maybe Duncan or whoever it is. You know, they spend $7 million on the spot, but how much more money did they spend on just creating that ad? You know, like another $7 million or whatever it is. How much
0: do they pay Ben Affleck, J-Lo, right. fucking?
2: Exactly. And people. so they, they spend all of this money. But, he, but then there's this other thing that I really like, and it's called experiential marketing. And experiential marketing is just um, when you have this experience. And so, like, I actually Googled the definition and I have it here. And it's the process of creating an experience for the customer rather than than approaching them through traditional marketing methods, creating a fun and unique experience is one of the best ways to connect with customers and to ensure that they want to learn more about a brand and what it offers. And so like, here's what Duncan could have done. They could have gone to Vegas and they could, and maybe they did this too. I don't know, but they could have gone to Vegas and they could have handed out donuts to, you know, 50,000 people for free or whatever. Right. And so you have this experience and t-shirts and whatever else, you know what I mean? They could have been there on site, handed out their stuff like this experience. That's just like one example. And I thought of that for us and like for our shop. And I thought, well, you know, wouldn't, would that be a good idea for us to do? So the next event here in St. Louis, that's reasonably sized or whatever, we go down there with a thousand shirts and maybe, or maybe we live print a thousand shirts with our, you know, logo on it and our whatever it is, you know, like here, are the, here is, here are our t-shirts and the customer gets to touch and feel and have it and wear it and take it home and all that kind of stuff. And they remember shirt Kong, you know, rather than like a billboard or a commercial TV, TV spot or a radio yeah. spot or whatever that is, they, we, we spend our money on this, on this experience, like on an actual tangible thing that they have, you know, would you rather do that? Because isn't like, yeah, it's true. We watch the Super Bowl commercials, But isn't that fading away, TV commercials? Like, who the fuck cares about TV commercials? I
0: I feel like it's the net size. Like, the experiential thing for Vegas or St. Louis or whatever for you is great because you're focusing on St. Louis. Like, you could do that 10 10 times a year in St. Louis, and you would get a lot of St. Louis people to be like, fuck yeah, these shirts rule, like, this place is cool, like, I had a great experience. But Duncan is, like, worldwide. Like, they're trying to be like, I want as many eyeballs on Dunkin' tones as possible. Like when someone leaves their house after the fucking Super Bowl or the next day or whatever, they want to be thinking about the Matt Damon and fucking Ben Affleck at Dunkin' Donuts on their drive to work and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stop at Dunkin' instead of going to Starbucks. Yeah, that's true.
2: Else. What I mean then is like I could buy a local ad spot right here in St. Louis on our local channel. And, you know, those eyes could see that, oh, um, I I, 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 wouldn't, yeah.
1: Kong. I think that's that shit's dead.
2: Right. That's I, I agree. Yeah.
1: I think between, so, you know, the the ads that go on, like with social media are, are much stronger because it's, you know, I think that that has more, A, you don't have to pay $7 million for it. It's just right there. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because we actually, we had our first open house uh, at the shop last Saturday. Um, and part of that was we had people come in and. Uh, we had like a one color design and we let people print their own shirts and it had the shop logo on it. Um, and it seemed to be like what you're talking about with like getting experience with it. Um, I think that goes further ultimately uh, because it's like you, you you end up with something physical. People love free stuff. Um, and then I, I feel like anyone that was say at our, our open house that printed a shirt was like, oh, now like, I definitely know a screen printing shop. You know, like if mm-hmm. I need if I need to go print something, I know where to go. Um, so, to your point, I think like if if it was if you were thinking about spending like seven million on an ad for the Super Bowl or spending seven million on t shirts and handing them out, I think handing out the t shirts is going to go way further than yeah uh, than than an ad in that I- aspect.
0: I do feel like the Super Bowl is one of those things, though, where like again, like I I don't hate sports, but I would never watch a football game, like just a random football game. But I will watch the Super Bowl just because it's one of those events that's like mm-hmm. I don't know for the rest of the world, but for America, it's like a social. Everyone fucking it. yeah, it's a social event. It's like everyone's fucking watching the Super Bowl A because they want to watch the teams or they want to see Usher at the, the the halftime show or they want to see how many times they're going to show Taylor Swift, like there's so many people watching that game that wouldn't normally watch that game because it's just something to do on Sunday. Everyone's getting together with their friends and family, but it's just eyeballs. Like they're all watching it at one yeah. time. So $7 million. I mean, I know that's a lot of money, but like if you're a massive company, like, and you have the money, like you're going to have millions and millions of eyeballs on your 30 seconds.
1: I think I think I saw some statistics. It was like 103 million was like what was tuned into to the Super Bowl. So like basically, you, like you're saying, Dylan, it would have touched 103 million eyeballs, basically. Right, right. So that's, okay. I mean, you know that that is like, yeah. I mean, what will come out of that is that's it's hard to fathom actually. Like thinking yeah. about that to that to that degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, with our business, I don't know for you know for screen printing in general it's like yeah i think it's not something that would apply in that aspect you know like i think you had it it's like who's your market and why basically and in this case it's like do you want to be like this global recognized company phenomenon or something or do you just actually want like direct results of like you know people being like I'm going to order shirts from these people my my
0: advice to anybody who ever comes to me that talks about marketing or social media or any of these things is always like find your niche market that is like where you want to be it's the your ideal customer it's the ideal artwork all these other things and that's where i feel like andy's idea of doing this experiential marketing is the is a great idea because he could specifically be like, I don't know what it is you want to do, Andy, exactly. But if you were like, I want to be the guy in St. Louis that does like bands or music festivals or whatever, you could go do those live print things at festivals. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then all the festivals are going to be like, yeah, we want to hire shirt Kong for this and we want to whatever. Or you could be like, I want to just focus on schools and you could do all the live printing or whatever for all the schools. And that's how we've got a ton of business from stuff like that is doing all these live prints at specific events. And then we just end up with a ton more live prints in that same vein. And then all those people at that event, like, are like, oh, I own a whatever. And I own this and I order shirts. But it's like, if you were specific about it and we're like, I'm going to give away a thousand shirts to this at Comic-Con in St. Mm -hmm. Louis, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get a ton of business that's in that vein. Whereas if you were to be like, I'm just going to hit 110 million viewers across America that all have different businesses, different whatever in that money you spent, you're going to get so many people that are like, I want three shirts with my grandma's face on it and whatever <laughs> else. It's not yeah. the business you want. You're casting mm-hmm. too wide of a net to be like, I'm just hitting any, any person available that's willing to spend money on t-shirts. Whereas mm-hmm. then that to me, that's the custom ink model. That's like, we're here for anybody. And it's like, I don't want to be there for anybody. I want to be there for the people that I specifically want to give me their business. So I think that if you can have an experience somewhere where it's where you want to be, then that's worth way more than being like, there's so many people I see now that are like, I spent all this money on Facebook ads. I, I did a billboard. I did a radio. I did this and this. It's like, dude, what, what's your target? Like, who are, you, who are you trying to get? And you're just trying to get anybody and everybody. And you don't know what kind of company you are. You don't know what you're good at. You, you just want everything. And it's like, I don't think that's the way to go. I think in our, especially in our industry, it needs to be focused. You need to be, you need to be after
1: one thing or at least a few things.
2: A few niches.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually like, so for 2024, that's, that's one of my personal goals because I have not advertised yet. So we've like, I've gotten to the point where I'm at just pretty much strictly off the word of mouth. And um, I was reluctant to want to start going out there and and advertising because I was actually a little afraid of like the influx that it it was going to bring in and that we didn't have like the proper procedures in place that Mm. you get all these people wanting stuff and then you can't get back to them in time or like you know whatever the the case might be and then that leaves a negative experience and then that that's like kind of how you get marked as like it's like Oh that's that company that like didn't answer our email or like you know said they couldn't do it or you know whatever the case might be so um finding that niche is uh, you know i think super important and i uh, i think that's like i'm i'm glad to hear it now because it kind of reinforces like what the trajectory that like i was looking at for this year especially it's like you know and i keep keep hearing it it's like yeah find find that your market and it's like you know I really like doing sim process designs and I find them easy to set up and like, you know, run and, and all that. And it's like, I wish I could get more of that work. And it's like maybe I need to yeah. actually start doing that. Like this is
0: such a this is such a huge conversation. But the thing is too, is it's like if you it's actually cheaper and more profitable to focus on one specific market than it is to do a wide net of everything. Because if you were like I'm uh, you know, I'm specifically into, I don't know, think of something specific, like hot fitness. rods or something, or fit, okay. fitness is a big one. But if you were like, I'm, mm. I'm specifically into
2: Sasquatch. Specific
0: t- Sasquatch. All right, let's say Sasquatch, whatever. <laughs> if you're specifically into Sasquatch, think of how many print shops are across the U.S. Like, mm. I don't know what the number is. Say it's a high number, whatever. How many of those print shops are specifically focused on Sasquatch? Okay, so say there's, 10 now you're competing against 10 shops, not 50,000 shops. Okay, how do you get better at marketing to Sasquatch stuff against 10 other shops? like what what are they good at? What are you not good at? whatever like what's what's your thing? like oh, okay you you have better turnaround or you have better quality or you have better whatever than 10 people. then you can take over that market because you're better than 10 shops. So that's what I'm saying is like you can focus all of your money, all of your efforts, everything, especially with Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Your keywords are Sasquatch, cryptozoology, fucking Mothman, whatever, like all these things that are in that vein. You can dominate that market way more easily than you can if you're just like T-shirts, screen printing, embroidery, like, you know, using super broad words. It's way harder to find you. So that's what I'm saying, if you're like, you specifically are like, I'm into this, like, I always suggest going after what you're specifically into, like I'm into movies and like comic book stuff and, you know, certain kinds of music or whatever. Those are like my markets because I can talk to any of those customers for hours because I can talk about all the things that I love and the things that I'm into. And they're like, rad, I like you. I want to work with you. But if you're like, I'm really into, I want to target electricians. And then you go to talk to them. You don't know jack shit about being an electrician. (laughs) They're going to be like, cool. Well, you're just trying to take my money. Like you don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about anything that I'm into or that I do. So that's my advice. I mean, again, we could talk about this forever, but super narrow it down, dude, like figure out what you want to do and focus all your time and money on that. Because if you just go broad, it's never going to work.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we picked up like a lot of contract printing. I mean, I think right now it's like an 80, 20 split for contract printing. And then, you know, picking up clients off, you know, off the street, quote unquote. Um, But even with the contract printing stuff, man, it's like, you know, some of the, like I've, I've gotten sheets from, you know, from some of the contractors and they're like, well, this shop can do it for this. And it's like, dude, like I, you know, I can't touch that. Like, and I, I, I'm luckily l- like learning that now and put my foot down. I think because like I I think I used to chase it a little bit more um, when I was like okay like just take any job any and every job's good job right and right now because like didn't have a client when you're yet. slow it's yeah, yeah anything and everything that more comes like to the, the door all, right so and- out. No. But like now, it's like realizing it's like I don't I don't think I want to print like an eight color for like you know twenty five cents like I don't you know that's not my like maybe it works for them but it doesn't work for me you know yeah. so, um I think one of like I and I'm starting to like learn that a little bit more like with bidding on on certain contracts too like one that just blew me the like away recently was uh, a Maryland contract that was for like seventeen thousand shirts eight color back or eight color front, two color back. And, um, you know, we, we put our number in and all that type of stuff. And then like some company in Texas got it for like, with the shirt and shipping, it was like $2 and 68 cents or something. I thought you and were going to say that the prison got, they wanted, <laughs> you know, it might be then actually, there might be a prison in, in Texas actually. <laughs> printing them, But I mean, I, I just, like couldn't wrap my head around i was like dude like what do you like you guys are making like at best i don't i don't know like by my guess it was like 60 cents a shirt or something and i was like if that works for your model that's cool but i think it's like i'm starting to realize like how important it is that that you know every shop is different you know all Mm -hmm. you can not just like take and that's you see a, a lot in the forums it's like you know people ask it's like oh, can I see your pricing list? Or like, you know, what would you charge? It's like, well, my situation- Race to the bottom, dude. Yeah, and that, and that sucks. Because like, uh, I feel like you, even locally, like sometimes I wish that like, there was like almost like a screen printer union or, or something mm-hmm. like, dude, like, can we just stop doing that? <laughs> you know, because it's like, I get, I, like, again, I, as I said, if it works for that company, that's cool. But like, um, yeah, getting like, I've, I've definitely gotten salty about like, like learning some of that side <laughs> of the industry right now and just being like dude and then like to your point it's like you know if you get undercut by like three cents five cents or something and that client's willing to go there there's would, no loyalty at all it's all yeah. dollar based yeah i mean we,
0: based at that point
1: but i i guess like it's it's circling back it's like you want to find the clients that are are like you know for like a couple hundred bucks like are like you know what like no because i know that like you know their customer service is good or like they're loyal in some capacity like we know their qualities yep. like you know whatever the case might be but that's like something that like i'm i'm definitely getting a little bit more hip to as as you know we've we've grown and it's like uh <laughs> it's it's been tough man dealing with I think, that i think i think find your find your lane
0: and hit it hard <laughs> yeah yeah like i think that's that's my that's my advice there. And all again, right, and we're talking about advice again, but you'll do whatever you want to do. I just
1: gave uh, all yeah. my advice
0: and then we'll find out. As far out. as advice
1: goes, man, like um, <laughs> you know, I, I was super excited to be on the show today because I have been listening to you guys for, I think, about two years now. And um, oh, it's yeah. been funny. There's, there's been these key pivotal moments where like, like you know, I was riding down to the auction at Custom Inc, like listening to the shirt show or like, mm. you know uh around halloween i took a, a road trip uh to move my friend out to denver and like ended up like stopping by relentless and mnr and like superior because of you guys you know so i was like super cool to like you know and and that's because of your advice so you know i i think that putting advice out there is a good thing and and the people that that need to hear it and want it will will take it
0: you know yeah. so Hell yeah. i appreciate that thank you dude yeah <laughs> well thank all you right, very guys. much for being on uh dylan again, before we appreciate you say you. that
2: you can't you can't say goodbye without we're, we're gonna bring back this question. oh
0: sorry yeah i forgot we we're bringing it back <laughs> you get to be the lucky person where this is coming <laughs> back we haven't done this in forever all
2: right <laughs> yeah all right so guys what's for dinner
1: oh man uh what's for dinner tonight mm-hmm. i think i got a caesar salad on deck so mm. I've with been, chicken
0: or just by yeah, itself? Actually,
1: no, with, with, with chicken. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Can't have salad without meat on it. Uh, apparently, I'm going to Olive Garden. So, <laughs> we talked about this already.
1: Breadsticks, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, he's
0: all about the breadsticks, too. Yeah, yep. I said I don't eat them.
2: They're too I haven't like, had salty them. and garlicky. I haven't had them in <laughs> years. They might have gone downhill, but they used to be bomb. I think it's just me. Like, I'm just picky, so...
0: Andy, what are you having?
2: I am having pizza. Yep.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You and it's uh, Valentine's Day.
2: Hmm. Yeah, of course. You have pizza on Valentine's Day, doesn't everyone? Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Share a slice with Joe.
2: <laughs>
0: I like it. Well, again, thanks for coming on, dude. We really appreciate it. your story's awesome. I'm stoked that you're where you're at and you're, you know, on to bigger and better things. And I can't wait to talk again and catch up and see where you're at
1: later yeah man thank you uh appreciate you guys having me on it's been uh honestly a pleasure uh definitely look up to you guys and uh actually hope to, to meet you in person maybe at iss or something
0: you should yeah for real. i'll hang cool. all, right. all right dude have a good day we'll see Thanks. you later happy valentine's day.